Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi everyone, we are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL, that's B-L-E-A-V in O-W-L, and Believe.com. This week, we discuss the off-season moves in the Overwatch League, as well as bring on a special guest. Hello everyone and welcome to the second half of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Uh, Our first part was all about the news. Once again, this is episode 11, um, where we discussed the news, all of the stuff that came with Overwatch 2, the whole Mercy short short story. And this half, we are going to be discussing the off-season moves in the Overwatch League and other things to look forward to. Hooray! Overwatch League. Yay. It's like going to be a whole new landscape next season. It's like the NBA offseason this year. Like Everybody's being traded. Everybody's going to different places. The league's not going to be the same. Imagine Steph Curry going over to the Raptors. Oh my goodness. I mean, we already had Kawhi move over to the Clippers. We had LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, uh, that's that's a whole different podcast that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dive into your state space. I'll stay in my lane. Uh, so, um, in terms of off season news, there's just a couple of dates that we really need to keep in mind. Um, today, once again, is eleven eleven. Episode eleven is on November eleventh. Today, um, Skyrim came out eight years ago. Wow. Uh, but yeah, this is uh. This is the news, or the deadline today was that any players that were not officially under contract from 2019 are officially free agents now in 2020. So if you had a player, if you had a team contract and you weren't re-signed, you're now a free agent. Um, so you can go ahead and look around, figure out who you want to go for, um, or pitch yourself to teams, either whatever. Um, and then the other number, the other date is November 15th which we have to keep in mind. Um, that is the deadline for all teams to have a minimum of at least eight players under contract. Um, and then teams can continue to sign players until June 15th of 2020, um, which is kind of in the middle of the season, but it is just the deadline for officially like retaining your roster. So we don't have to worry about that date until later. The only number that we're looking at is November 15th and today being November 11th. So in this list, uh, I have it in alphabetical order of the Overwatch League teams, and I guess we'll start out at the very top. So uh, the Atlanta Reign, Gator, and Hawk were both promoted from the Atlanta Academy, and this time are going to be signed to the main team, the Atlanta Reign, uh, and then they released Daco. I feel like Gator was definitely always going to be moved up, especially after he got a lot of face time for his Sigma play. Gator? Yeah. Gator. Gator. Yeah. 
yeah, uh, I keep forgetting about him sometimes, but I do. One significant thing I know about Gator is that he's from the same city as me, but anyways, um, uh, Gator is an amazing tank player, and he showed his worth not only in Overwatch League, but also in the gauntlet that happened about last month. All right, now moving on, we still, we got a lot of people here. So um, the Boston Uprising, they hired uh, Mineral as their head coach. He was the head coach for both Misfits and the Florida Mayhem. They pick up, uh, did I spell that even right? Is that, it's supposed to be Mukbang, isn't it? Mukbang is the, is that type of Twitch stream or stream where you watch someone eat and you eat with them. Myungbang is the O2 Blast player. Or yes, former, okay. Former. I, yeah. yeah. Now I'm confusing my stuff, man. All right. So, <laughs> um, Myungbong and Jerry um, both were signed from Korean contenders teams over to the Boston Uprising. Um, so, once again, O2 Blast and Meta Athena players coming together here. And then we also got Swimmer and Mothin also picked up from the promoted from the Uprising Academy team uh, are going to be moved up to the Boston Uprising main team. Um, the cost of that is Kellex, Aim God, uh, Persia, Alamo, RCK, and Stellar are all released. Boston Uprising, they have a re- they have this reputation of basically buying these players. Uh, yeah, just buying these players, these no name players, make them good, and then sell them off. Uh, I really don't like that. That is current their current reputation. It seems more likely that it is what they're doing, but and not actually trying to make a team to win the championship. Mineral from Florida Mayhem. He has made Florida look better than it has in has in the first season, the inaugural season, but not good enough, in my opinion. Myungbong Jerry. One, the casters are just going to have a day with the name Jerry. It's going to be Tom and Jerry jokes. I'm calling it right now. Uh, Myungbong and Jerry. Obviously, any Kareem contender player is basically a high pick. What I mean by that is, like, the stereotype that Kareem players are good in any esports, especially Overwatch, you get one, your team is automatically upgraded. But that's a bit stereotypical. And nonetheless, uh, those are pretty good picks for Boston Uprising. Swimmer and Moffin. I don't know much about Moffin, but I definitely know a lot about Swimmer. He's a face in the Overwatch community. He has been... One of the best face, one of the best people, uh, best players, and he's a Lucio player. Uh, he, seeing his matches in Boston, the Uprising Academy, especially during the scrims I uh, seen him in with Square One, when they had to play against Square One in scrims, he's a good player. He's a great player, and fun fact about Swimmer, he actually does swimming. He's an, he used to be an an athletic, a swimming athlete. Uh, and now he's a esports athlete. Releasing Kellett's Aim God, Persia, Alamo, RCK, Stellar. Uh, I think Alamo wanted to retire because he doesn't have much fun Overwatch anymore, which is understandable. Don't worry, we'll get back to Kellett's in a bit. Trust me, he's he's on this list later. Oh, um, so uh, moving on, we're on the the Dallas Fuel. Here we go. Okay, so we had the trade with Decay to the LA Gladiators for OGE. Um, Note was retained for the 2020 season. And then also Gamsu was signed from the Shanghai Dragons to the Dallas Fuel. So 
not a lot of drops for the most part. Just a lot of interesting swaps and pickups. For me, uh... Gomsu was the most interesting, one of the most interesting trades that I've seen because, like, for me, Gomsu was synonymous with the Shanghai Dragons. Like, I don't know, I, I like he was he did pretty well as the tank for them during the playoff season, and um, I'm sure they had their reasons for letting him go, and I'm I'm sure he'll do fantastically on the Dallas Fuel. Like, hopefully, with him on their team, the Dallas Fuel can do a little bit better than they've done before. But we'll see how what he brings to that team and how that team can, um, if that team can help him become a better player himself. Trading decay, uh, OG for decay is a great is a big upgrade for their DPS line, especially right now with Time Mode, who is not in a good place emotionally and probably mentally. He has said that before on his Twitter that he's not that he's still going to go for it, but he's not prepared fun with this. Yeah, he's not yeah. prepared. The note and Gamsu duo. Brings back the inaugural season Boston Uprising days. Those two were the starting main tank and off tank for the Boston Uprising, and now they're back again with the Dallas Fuel from one blue team to another. Uh, I think that's pretty good for Dallas. By paper, they seem like they've been upgraded and won't re- really be considered like a bottom tier team anymore. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how this plays out, um, considering that the rest of their team is pretty much retained. Um, like most of the contracts won't expire until next year so um seeing these pickups i'm a little bit i'm excited to just see how the dallas fuel will do it's just a couple of interesting things thrown here and there let mickey play sorry yes let let mickey play at least like one game more than he has than in this past season he feel like what two games two damn A whopping two games now here we go florida mayhem uh these guys just like roster dumped Hogglepung, swan zephyr rain and dpi have all been released if anything it means that florida mayhem is going to be shopping for new players i still remember that they're talking about they're not going to go for the full korean route they went for the full korean route are they still going to go for the full korean route i don't know it's two seasons in a row that they have not done well and they have been considered the bottom two one the bottom two teams florida mayhem has some ways to go figuring out of how they're gonna go about making a decent team so that does it for the florida mayhem let's move on to the guangzhou's charge Jeez, my mouth is just like taking an l right now all right guangzhou release bijou fraggy and hotba they do retain shu and happy kind of feels sad for bijou and fraggy like at the beginning they had a lot of play time obviously in in the inaugural season until Sato's ban finally got lifted. And then they had almost no playtime in the first half of Season 2 of the 2019 season. And then they got put onto Guangzhou Charge, had a lot of playtime. They upgraded to Guangzhou Charge. And Hapa was apparently supposed to be a better Poco. Which I think he can be. He probably is. Haven't been put to the test yet. Shun Happy, that's great. Like uh, That's one of the consistent and great things about the Guangzhou Charge from beginning to end. Shun Happy. Yep, and they definitely needed that. I feel like with Bijou and Fraggy, it's just an unfortunate tale of the meta. Like, those guys were known for playing, you know, D.Va and Reinhardt, respectively, and they both haven't gotten a lot of uh, playtime since GOATS. And then even during the GOATS format, they weren't even played. So yeah. um, it was just kind of unfortunate for them. Um, but yeah, I really do look forward to seeing where they land. Now the uh, Hong Zhou spark as the former main tank of Square One would say, the Hang Ten Spark. 
<laughs> he even like photoshopped the the uh, Hanzo Spark logo into like that Hang Ten yeah the... hand sign yeah. That's pretty much him though, but yeah, they pretty much just retained their roster for the most part. Where's Chris? Where's my other Chinese DPS for the Hanzo Spark? I think no. that what they did with them is like their contract is still going on, so they don't have to worry about it. So these are just the big names. You know, you have Adora, Godsby, Bebe, IDK, and Gushui, Rhea, and Sasin are all still there. Gushui is too, too good. You you let go of Gushui, and he's going to get instantly picked up by a different team. Now it's Matt's favorite team. My team. The Houston Outlaws. What's up? You. Yeah, your you. team. Uh, so... We're gonna. <laughs> we, you you got a lot of pickups. Not gonna lie, um, you picked up Harsha from the Vancouver Titans. He's your new head coach. You have Hydration from the LA Gladiators. Uh, you retained Boink, and Blase was added from the Boston Uprising. Uh, the only downside is Bonnie was released from the team so far. I'm just hoping that like we'll have more consistent play with the better roster and with the ownership change. Um, I'm hoping that we get more resources to the team so that we're not just like sucking, sucking, sucking. And then there's this brief spark of hope where we'll actually get some good play and then immediately go back into just the abysmal dumps of the, the lower parts of the the leaderboard. Yeah, I, I do agree. Like, it seems like you can be more consistent with this, especially with Harsha. Hydration is Hydration is obviously one of the better players as well. Uh, I'm not too much of a big fan of the Houston Outlaws, but they do seem to be a lot stronger with the roster that they have right now. Um, yeah, the London Spitfire. London. Uh, they pick up Fuse and Bernard from Genji and Fusion University, respectively. Um, downside, they lost Birdring, Nuss, and Guard, and then Birdring and Gesture go to Seoul. You mean Profit? Profit, profit was a soul. My bad. <laughs> Obviously, contenders players are contender team players are living the dream right now. They're getting up upgrade from the somewhat inconsistent contenders life to the more consistent and fame uh, famed league life. Uh, Fuse and Bernard, obviously, both are Korean. Unsurprisingly, will stay a full Korean team as far as I know. Uh, so keeps the consistency. Cloud Nine is happy with that. The owner of Spitfire, and obviously two two good picks, not amazing picks. So yes, they come from they are Korean, and I did say earlier picking picking a Korean player automatically upgrades the team, but the team is already full Korean, so it's not that big of an upgrade. Birdering, little sad. Uh, he. He was one of the reasons why Spitfire won the championship last year. Nothing guard. Actually, don't pay attention to those two, so I can't say much. And I mean, profit, they were solid. They, they were, were solid. just like a solid line there, but I feel like the biggest hit, obviously, was the profit. profit. just lost three of the iconic players for London Spitfire that have been there from the beginning, so it, it's going to be weird to see the team without yeah. them. Like For me, they were syno- those three were synonymous with the London Spitfire. They were Kind of the team. Seeing Prophet in the Soul Dynasty colors, it's like, oh, oh, that that feels weird. Speaking about weird lineups, let's go into the LA Gladiators. 
Lucky you get two uh, you get two LA teams down your way, Matt. It's a lot easier. Um, so Deepai left uh as the head coach from the LA Gladiators. Or no, he he got resigned. My bad. Um, Deepay got resigned. Let me just restart that. <laughs> So the LA Gladiators had quite a shakeup as well. Um, Deepay was re-signed for 2020, and then they acquired space from the LA Valiant. They acquired um, OG uh, OGE from the Dallas Fuel for Decay, and then Bird Ring signs to the LA Gladiators. Um, the downside is that they lost Surefor, Hydration, and Void. So. In terms of this roster shakeup, what do you, what do you guys think? Honestly, Deepay as the head coach resigned. That's great. Gladiators have been very consistent. Has been a very consistent high top tier team throughout both seasons, and I see no reason to drop Deepay. They did lose one of their assistant coaches. I believe his name is Tim. He announced it like uh, what was it October seventh, so like four days ago. But adding space from Valiant join. Uh, that increases, that fills the void <laughs> of, of the tank lineup oh that they my have. God. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. Um, it was a good one. It was a good one. I applaud it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, he is one of the best off tanks in the league, hence why he has been on the uh, the US World Cup team from last year to this year. I believe he was there last year. I can't remember. Yes, he was. Okay. It was kind of hard to remember after that stomp from the UK versus USA. Anyways, um, uh, OGE, uh, another great tank. Just need more consistency from his team, and maybe he'll get that in Daily Gladiators. Bird Ring is a surprise, actually. Most people think that's okay. The Korean players that aren't Korean, the full Korean team would try to go stay in another full Korean team like Seoul Dynasty or technically the Hanzhou Spark or the uh, Shanghai Dragons. They're basically full Korean teams of that token Chinese player. Anyways, um, you'll think that would happen. But no, uh, Bird Ring signs into a mixed roster team, which is quite amazing and a very consistently high tier team. Hopefully this will help give Bird Ring more room to show his DPS style. Uh, his, how do I put it? To spread his wings? Yeah. <laughs> Dubai's on the Valiant. Oh, yeah. God. Wrong LA team, my dude, but at <laughs> least the Gladiators do have a solid lineup. I feel like it's going to be really interesting to see OGE and Space play together. Those two are considered like really strong on their own, but to see them you know, tag team it up... Um, it's going to be interesting, but the loss of Surefor, Hydration, and Void does leave, you know, not no pun intended, again, it does leave a huge void in terms of their DPS lineup. Again, um, I intended that, I intend that pun earlier. <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah, Bird Ring does help, but they, I'm, I'm kind of interesting to see who else they decide to pick up. You know, uh, once again, I'm going to give this reminder since we're halfway through the roster. Um, November 15th is the official day where they're supposed to announce their full, I think it's at least eight members signed to the team. Um, so they have to make that announcement. Um, 
so we'll see what LA ends up doing. The other one to look out for is the uh, the Florida Mayhem if they do anything, and then that that's it so far. Um, but now let's get to the other LA team since we're in LA already. Um, so McGravy and Fact Fiction are now free agents, um, or were at that time. Uh-huh. Um, at the very beginning of free agency, they were both out there. And then Agility, Space, and Kareev were all released from the team, which is why they ended up landing somewhere else, which we will get to when we get to those teams. Um, they ended up retaining Custa and McGravy. So, yeah, he was a free agent, but they just instantly re-signed him back for 2020. And then they added Dreamer, Apply, Slur, and Lastro. So, yeah, the LA Valiant definitely have a... Shake up. They also, once again, we talked about it in the, I, I don't remember if it was a week, probably two weeks ago, um, that the LA Valiant were trying to cut down on their budget wise, um, how much they spend for this season. So um, that's probably why they had the close tryouts um, to figure out who they could sign. And then they'll pre- they'll work out a contract pretty soon. Um, NYXL, we'll move into it. Uh, they only lost... A couple players. They lost Mecco and Flower uh, to free agency. So, and they haven't said that they re-signed them. So today, about eleven hours ago, and we're recording this on in the morning of November twelfth, about eleven, almost twelve hours ago, on the NY itself Twitter, they said that, and our Ambot's family is locked in look for Overwatch League twenty twenty. And it's basically a graphic with about 10 players standing in Times Square. All hooded. You don't really know who all those players are, but you can basically guess some of them, like Sabiobi and Jonak and, uh, you know, the others. But there's 10. Who are the others? Did they resign anybody? Did they acquire some new talent? It's interesting that Flower's kind of out there. You know, he, he was kind of a shining star, what, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, during like the second World Cup against yeah, Sinatra. That was... Exactly. But that was I know that Sully was just always a big champion for Flower. Like every time they were playing, so we'd be like, Where's Flower? Play Flower. It'd be really interesting to see if he gets a starting role on a different team. Saying if a team that needs a DPS line, you know, uh Flower is available. Just uh <clears throat> gladiators. Uh, um, you know <laughs> Maybe, but uh Flower has Ever since the World Cup those years ago, Flower has not been so consistent with his DPS plays ever since uh, he was in the NY Excel 2 Academy. Uh, his plays haven't been for, have been so consistent, even when he joined Overwatch League. Uh, a lot of shakeup once again. We're going to go to Paris for the Paris Eternal, uh, and we're not talking about map rotation because it's not in the pool this season. Thank God. Thank uh, God. <laughs> no one liked that map. Nobody People does. literally left the game just like, all right, I'm going to save you all. I will take the hit. Thanks. All right. Yeah, some, some heroes don't wear capes, and the real heroes are the guys who Q-dodge uh, Paris. So, yep. Uh, here we go. Uh the Paris Eternal, they pick up 9K from the San Francisco Shock and hire him as the main coach instead of him being the assistant coach. They lose Shadowburn, Dane, uh, 1H Cloudy, and fin- uh, Fincy uh, to free agency. They're all released. They add Sparkle. 
And then they add uh, Zisi and Hanbin. And then they retain soon uh, Nico, uh, Grey Cruz, Hype, and Ben Best. They added a lot. They had a lot of talent, like some pretty good talents. Obviously, 9K has worked out for him for the San Francisco Shock this past season. Uh, Sparkle is a great player from Element Mystic. And Hanbin and Z were the coaches for Element Mystic, I believe. I don't remember at least one of them. This actually created a lot of controversy because the Paris Eternal, when they first got announced, they were basically advertising themselves as the shining light for the EU region, for EU Overwatch, European Overwatch. That's where all the European players, non-Korean, non-Chinese, non-American, this is where they show off the European talents and show that Europe can be the best. Adding was like one, two, three, four, four Koreans onto the team really split the Paris Eternal community and some people outside the community. People didn't like the idea. It's like what Flora Mayhem did, saying that we're not going to go full Korean and they go full Korean. This is also a slap to the face to European players because they think that this Korean boy is better than almost all the other European DPS. I do agree. The Paris Eternal are having quite a bit of a shakeup here. Um, they were going to be the shining light for EU, and I think that they easily could still be if they went that route. But with this whole uh, pickup of Sparkle, like not bashing Sparkle or anything, Sparkle's an amazing player. It's just mm-hmm. like the Paris Eternal uh, company as a whole, they just decided, you know what, we got to go fish for wins. Uh, instead of being the shining light for Europe, which just means we need another European team that's gonna be the shining light. <laughs> we, we we know that it's it's there. It's an option. You just have to be able to invest that money into doing it. I forgot what the buy-in this year is, but um, is mil? something like that. It's insane. That's disgusting. Yeah, yes, that you should was, see the League of Legends buy-ins. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was what fifteen million for inaugural year, thirty million for next the year after, and this year it's like sixty for some reason. Um, I feel like the league could just make it, you know, thirty million. It's I think it's better to have more teams, and then work in a schedule rather than having uh, two little teams and not have enough incentive to even put skin in the game. You also have to think about like they're forcing home games like agile home games now and that yeah. can be a lot of money exactly just make the buy-in lower so that you can actually host your events properly think about it but anyways off of the paris eternal now to go to the other one that starts with p for some reason uh the philadelphia fusion man they really just like debated us on this one the free agents at the beginning of this uh free agency season was carpe eqo what did yeah eqo neptuno sato and Snillo were all free agents. Um, and then Neptuno was released from the team. Um, then we found out that they extended the contract with Carpe, so he's going to stay around for 2020. And then Elk and Kib are all are going to be released from the team. Um, then okay. Philly Fusion just dropped the thing where they're just like, you know what, we have our eight-man roster ready already. And we're like, okay, cool. So... <laughs> Um, they retain Carpe, EQO, Sato, Poco, Boombox are all still there. Uh, Alarm is picked up from the Fusion University. Fury acquired from the London Spitfire. So, yeah, he still has a job. Uh, Funny Astro from the Atlanta Rain Academy or from the Atlanta Rain 
and Ivy from the Toronto Defiant are all here. This roster, uh, it's very, it's very much like what five five people from their previous roster retained. Why is Neptunal gone? I don't know. He is a great player, and maybe he is going to a different team. I don't know, or he doesn't want to. Who knows? All I know is that he saw the Philadelphia Fusion house in LA with the casters for some reason. That's uh, uh, I don't know what the heck is going on there. He's just right. like roommates with everybody. He just stays there. <laughs> He's like, hey guys, my contract's done, but can I stay here for the night? Uh, acquiring Fury from Spitfire is basically as surprising as Bird Ring going to Gladiators. You would think they'll stay on a full Korean team, but no, they're going on a mixed roster team. This really adds more to the tank line right now for Fusion. I mean, we could just breeze over the SF Shock. They pretty much retained their roster, except for Nevix. They had a- <laughs> They released Nevix, yeah. He was a cool dude. I mean, I personally got to meet him. We got to meet him multiple occasions. Um, one at the California State Fair where we did the uh, we did the California Bear Cup and he got to co-cast. Or I did. I got to co-cast with Nevix. That was amazing. Um, but And then you got to meet him at the, uh, I, uh, the Earthquakes cool. activation, right? I got to meet him at multiple SF Shock events, but I didn't really talk to him because he seems like minding his own business. I'm like, eh, let let him be one, let him do what he does. And we have tons of other Shock fat, uh, ambassadors that are like uh, basically fan girling or fanboying over him. So I'm just like, okay, I'll just step back and just get back to work. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, the SF Shock, I feel like the reason that a lot of these teams are starting to go to mixed rosters is because of the shock. Like we had the perfect, like half American, half Korean team that happens to be buff. And yeah, it just proved that it, it does work. So I guess teams are starting to hop ship and learn from that. So yeah, you can start seeing it from like other, other mixed roster teams as well. Like the Guangzhou charge, they didn't do so hot in the very beginning because of the, uh, different language system, but after a while, when they figured everything out, they started to get good. Same thing with the uh, Philly Fusion. You saw how you can look back at the inaugural season and you can see why they were grand finalists. Moving on into the next team, we have the Seoul Dynasty. Now, these guys got quite a shakeup. Um, Seoul announced that Ryu Jehong, Toby, and Zunba, the original trio, we're all now free agents. And then uh, KDG, their head coach, leaves the team um, as well. So kind of a couple big hits to the sole roster. But they did pick up Gesture and Profit from the London Spitfire. And then Toby was re-signed uh, along with Creative. UJ Hong, he was like, before the Watch League, Lunatic High, he was the main support that you want to have or to beat Jonak looked up to him a lot of support players looked up to jay hong and now he's teamless and we don't know where he's going right now he's just streaming at his own place even change his twitch icon and everything just like we don't know what he's going to do we're all hoping he gets re-signed to a team or he gets he stays somewhere in the overwatch community and part of the team either as a streamer or be mm-hmm. a coach or still be a player we just hope that Jay Hong stays. There, there was a meme going around with like Jay Hong and Joan Axe feud like over the years. 
um it was like how they called jonak like the the zenyatta god right and then mm-hmm. jehong was the king and they're like what's a king to a god what's a and then they were like what's a god um to a savior and so on and so on and it just like went down the list of just like people who are ridiculously strong looking looking like a solid uh solid push for soul all right shanghai dragons young jin was released uh gamsu leaves to go to the dallas fuel and then coma was released but they do announce that they are retaining uh dm geguri luffy uh izayaki envy and dading and then dio was signed to a two-way contract Play Gaguria, cowards. Yeah. There's a, there's reasons why you assign Gaguri and why you're keeping Gaguri. Play her. You she use the tools that you have to win. I feel like she's gonna be like really strong too. If the meta once again shifts over to either Zarya or Diva. They get mm-hmm. like if that shift happens, which it kinda is at our level right now, uh we've been seeing a lot of Ryan Zarya happen. Um, that's plat diamond level. That's plat. That's, yeah, that's some plat stuff. But if it does somehow get up there, you bet Gaguri is going to be on it. I just want to see the Overwatch League not become a boys' club. Like you have Gaguri, it was a big deal when you signed her. You haven't used her. Like, just at least please tell me that you're still feeding her and that she's alive and well. Well, let's talk about the Shanghai Dragons. Is Dia their token Chinese guy? Do the original, the last man of the original roster, still there, now on a two-way contract. He has stated on his Weibo, it's been translated on Twitter, but uh, he doesn't get scrim time. Basically, he can't get scrim time unless he proves himself. And the only way for him to prove himself is to play in contenders. It's sad, to be honest, because he is a good player, and he has to prove himself through contenders, which sucks. But at the same time, uh, he told his fans to be pa- basically be patient. Uh, he, If you want him to have playtime, he has to play in contenders to prove that he is up, like, he's still Overwatch League level, which I still think he is. He was one of the main reasons that Shanghai Dragons seemed very scary and strong near the end of the inaugural season. Now I think about it, who's going to be their main tank? Yeah, that's my question. Since Gamsu is now on the Dallas Fuel, who's, who are they going to sign for a main tank? I mean, there's plenty of people out there, uh, but that's just one of the one of the few things that they need. We'll find out soon. Yep, yep. Now we now we get to the 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 big boy. All right, the Toronto Defiant. All right, these oh guys God. are making moves. These guys are making big plays today. Um, Let's talk about the releases. Um, Gods. Um, Gods was re- it was a free agent. Um, I I don't even know, dude. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Sharky. Yeah. Sh- 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 it- Sorry. Yeah, Sharky. Yeah, Sharky. Aid. Listen more. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, Sharik, Aid, and I'm 37 are all released from the team. Uh, Yakpung was released from the team um and then they also released neko later down the line but okay let's get into the pickups um they signed fefe from 
he was the head coach of the Paris Eternal. He is now the coach of the Toronto Defiant. Okay. <clears throat> they pick up Kareev and Agilities from the LA Valiant. They add Beast from the Fusion Academy team. They add Surefour from the LA Gladiators. They add Kellex from the Boston Uprising. And they add Nevix from the San Francisco Shock. Juicy pickups from the Toronto Defiant. So... Before I talk about the pickups, got the old men, the old man, one of the original Overwatch pro players, which is also one of the best meme. If you follow his Twitter, he's like one of the best memers in all Overwatch League. He'll surely be missed if he's not picked up again because he makes, he really made Overwatch League a lot more fun than it already was, especially on the desk. It's sad that they lost Sharky, Aid, and I'm 37. All, again, all great and consistent players, but not like high high enough low players. I'm 37, though. I'm 37. The speedrunner of the Path to Pro. I only seen one scrim of him against Square One, maybe. Maybe I don't remember. Nonetheless, he like speedrun the whole Path to Pro within like a month or less. Now he's dropped. I hope he gets picked up again. So remember that. Danny spoke Korean to him and he just went full English and everyone laughed. Yakbong didn't perform as well as most people thought. This is like one of those teams where they were like, okay, they were an expansion team, right? So they came in the first year and they're like, hmm, we're okay. Not really. And then they're like, you know what? We have some cap space. Slap that money. Let's get some people on this team. And they just signed, you know, signed Surefour. They signed Agilities. They signed Kareev. This is like a hodgepodge of just like a bunch of teams, but I feel like if they find their footing, Toronto could be a very scary team down the line. And also note that they actually have Canadian players on a Canadian team. Yeah, they're the shining light for, for Canada now. <laughs> you know, I hope Nevitz gets more playtime. Dude, I feel like he will. He was definitely a wise person. And, you know, we got to see him on his uh, Sigma later later down the line too. So, yeah, they they need a Sigma player. They got They got it right there. Ah, now the justice. Now the Oof. justice. The justice, uh, they need some help. <laughs> All right. So they released their entire coaching staff. Like everyone, everyone was gone. So if you're looking for a coaching job, contact the Washington Justice. They they need you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hyanu, Janice, Samson, Otto, Sleepy, Guido, all released. Um, they pick up Roar from the LA Gladiators. They pick up Tatuba. From the Bubble Burster Gaming and, um, yeah, from South Korean Contenders. Um, they pick up Aim God from the Boston Uprising, and then they retain Ark. All right. Uh, first, Wizard Hyung has been uh, picked up by the Seoul Dynasty as a strategic coach, as he was in NYXL. Obviously, we all learn, even himself have learned that's, He's probably not the best head coach. Uh, I, I'm a little sad for Otto. Like he was picked up, he was a star in Korean contenders before he got picked up for Shanghai, and he didn't perform well in Shanghai. He didn't perform that well in Justice. Sleepy, my boy Sleepy from Shock, gone to Justice only to be, only for Guido to outshine him later in the season, but now they're both gone. So. We're going to question what what's going to happen for those two. 
uh, picking up Roar's pretty huge. Tatuba is actually not from South Korean contenders, but actually Chinese contenders. Chinese contenders, my bad. Yes. Yeah, my friend Kenobi, he he, he was uh, really hyped for that. Aim God from Boston Uprising, like I said earlier. Boston brings yeah. up players and sells them off for money. And uh, Retained Arc, not bad. Yeah, the Washington Justice, that pretty much nails down the rest of it. Now, there is a rumor going around about Vancouver, uh, but I doubt that it's going to happen. Uh, Vancouver is pretty much going to be retaining their runaway with roster. Um, but there were rumors that Fissure might come out of retirement and they might release Bumper to get Fissure. Um, they already dropped Tizzy. Yeah, and they already dropped Tizzy. So they need a main tank. Uh, and Fissure could easily slide into that spot if he wants to. So we'll see if Fissure comes out of retirement for that. But yeah, that is it so far for the offseason news. We have to wait until the 15th, which will be next week, when they officially sign their minimum eight players for contract. Um, and we already kind of know, you know, some of the teams have been completely retained. Um, like the pretty much the Shock and the Vancouver Titans are pretty much the same team. Uh, but we'll see how these other teams decide to pick up and if anything, what to look forward to. And that, that was a question. That's why I brought you on the show uh, this time around V from world cup to contenders to open division. Is there any player that you would really think um, some of these teams could be looking out for? Um, or do you think that um, they should only pick from what they have available in the league already? Uh, they shouldn't just pick what they have from the league already. I didn't. That's why I, some of the things I didn't like about the World Cup is that some of the countries decided to keep a full Overwatch League roster, like USA and South Korea and China. But there's tons of players that you could see from the World Cup and contenders and from Tier 3. Like uh, Visitility, he showed how great of a DPS he is. If you saw the Southeast Asia play-in tournament, which is basically a sponsored tournament that whomever wins it gets basically their free ticket to Anaheim for the World Cup. Uh, If you watched that, you could see how strong Japan was. One of the players, 10 from Green Leaves, he is a potential, he's potentially a good player to pick up. If you want to get him really good, drop him in your academy team, see what happens. He's learning English right now. Just for that, uh, Tayo, if he decides to not pursue his college studies and wants to full focus on Overwatch, pro play, he's a good pick as well. Other players like uh, like Netherlands, Aimby from the Netherlands World Cup team is a good pickup like Trispear. He was on the Paris Eternal Academy and Square One Form One. He was formerly part of Square One this past contender season. He's a pretty cool guy. It's kind of sucked because he had to play from Netherlands and not in America because Square One was not a paid team. They they went from open division to contenders, but that's a different conversation. And other players that are in like open division right now or uh, Tier 3 and Tier 2 that are not probably not going to be picked up right now, there's this amazing tank player. His name is Rhino, but he's like, what, 14 years old? 
there's no way you're going to pick him up for Overwatch League, but you could pick, play him in your academy. He's dedicated, he's strong, and he's adaptable. And he adapts to the situation a lot. There's also uh, Patipan. Everyone who has seen Team Thailand work out in the past couple of years, they know about Patipan. And it's sad that he couldn't play this year because of the age restriction. So picking up Patipan for your academy team, if he decides to not stick with Thailand, would be huge. But I think he'll probably stick with Thailand because he has school. Apudo. Apudo is one of the best players in Southeast Asia. A Thai player just like Mickey, his hero pool is very versatile and diverse. So there's pretty much just like a lot of talent that is still tap- untapped essentially from either the contender scene or the open division scene that we should all really be taking note of. I, I have a really bad habit of not being able to like watch those because they are at awkward hours for me. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool to keep like an eye on what's happening in other countries in terms of the contender scene. And most importantly, support contenders. We need, we need, uh, they, they need help. It's like the wild west there. Trust yeah. Me. It's, it's wild. Like legit of overwatch league. is like the NFL. We're like, whatever the nfl b team is like you'd have no idea what's going on and just stuff is happening all all the time speaking of b teams that's the Acad- the nyxl academy today has officially gone on hiatus well it's going on hiatus for the next contender season so their coaching staff and their players are all free agents so uh, you might want to look into getting one of them if you want to join them it's very possible, and yeah, that that pretty much covers any of the off-season moves. Is there anything that you want to chime in with, Matt? I think my only thing, this is a lot to go through, and I hadn't been able to really look at anything because work and etc. and in-play stuff, but like um, our buddy, formerly Hydration Man, now Gladius, um, one of the reasons why he changed from Hydration Man to Gladius was just in case hydration was no longer on the gladiators and it finally happened so um yeah good thing he moved um the rest of it like so many things have moved around so the dynamic that we came to expect towards the very end of last season's overwatch league was completely flipped on its head some people who are iconic for their teams like gamsu or or gesture and profit for their teams like are moved so it's going to be completely different. Like are, are the teams that we know that did really well last season, like the shock or um, the Titans going to be able to retain their dominance just as easily, or are the moves going to completely throw off their chemistry and they're going to have, they're going to suffer a little bit for that. Um, will they be able to come back even if they do uh, all questions that are purely hypothetical right now? Is there any anything else, V? Uh, the, there's so much going on with the off season for tier three and tier two. Like there's the open division practice season. There's some serious teams. There's some not so serious teams, but they're doing pretty good. Um, and then there's like, what was it the Vita Ramen tournament that just happened this past weekend? Mm-hmm. You go watch that. Uh, some tier two teams and newer teams are coming up. Uh, I believe Bermuda, Center of Bermuda, the North American Contenders team, won that tournament. During this offseason, you should 
take a look at some of the other Overwatch tournaments that are happening around. You could find a player that you could be supporting. You could find some pretty entertaining plays, like, I don't know, a teleporting Bastion on top of Mandata's head in King's Row. I've seen oh, yeah. that happen a few times. Too many times, actually. Oh. Support the other tiers of Overwatch as much as you can. It needs to help. If anything, yeah. supporting the lower tiers of Overwatch just secures the Overwatch League for talent-wise, as well as uh, you know actual players as well. Like being able to support those lower the the tiers that are not just the Overwatch League really will help the rest of Overwatch's longevity in terms of the esports scene, as well as just the league ethic in general. So hopefully uh, people will get the message to support support tier two and tier three because we desperately need it for the future of Overwatch. But I think that's just about it. Thank you guys for listening to this section of the Believe in Overwatch podcast. Uh, that is it for the offseason moves. We will see what the final rosters are, the eight-man rosters that have to be solidified by November 15th um, and the announcement videos that should be following up after that. Thank you to our special guest, V-Flight, for joining us for what has been the three hours that it took to record these two episodes. <laughs> I, I don't think any of us thought it would take this long, but it's been time well spent time good time talking about a good topic um yeah well thank you all so much and we'll we'll catch you on the flip side see ya bye bye next week we discuss the final rosters for the overwatch league teams as well as the potential mercy event coming in the future thanks for listening to this week's episode like what you hear? Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. That's B-L-E-A-V in OWL. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to send us an email at Believe in OWL at gmail.com. Interested in advertising with the show? please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.